Have you ever felt like you aren't doing enough? That you're playing too small? Have you ever looked at somebody who's making a ton of money and think, how is making that much money even possible? Today, you're gonna find out how you can make more money than you ever thought possible. Today, you're gonna meet Steven Scoggins. Steven found himself where I found find myself often and maybe where you find yourself thinking and playing small. You're listening to The Best You Podcast where we help goal setters improve all six areas of life, health, personal, career, financial, spiritual, and relational. We believe getting closer to your best you takes a well-rounded approach. My name is Nick Carrier, an entrepreneur, fitness trainer, and motivational speaker. I was going down the traditional path of working a nine to five until my high school personal trainer saw something in me. Then I quit my job and I started my own business. My mission is to help you gain clarity on who the best version of yourself is and how to become that person. Today, you're gonna hear from Steven Scoggins. Steven went from homeless to becoming an eight-figure entrepreneur, and we're gonna find out how. He spent 20 years working really hard day after day, but wasn't seeing the results until he had a breakthrough. We'll find out how Steven made a complete attitude adjustment, built businesses bigger than he ever imagined, and how he bounced back from the time that his business partners stole over $1 million from him. For now, it's time. It's time to think bigger and play bigger with the one and only Steven Scoggins. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Best You Podcast. Today, I am super stoked to be joined by the one and only Stephen Scoggins. Stephen, just want to start off by saying thanks for spending the time with me today, bro. Uh, anytime, man. Uh, you, you can't get an invite from you and, and not say yes. So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's the way it works. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. I uh, enjoyed getting to meet you a number of months ago now at Amber Lee's event, but I've been really excited to dive more into you and your story and all the learning lessons that are going to, I know, come from it. Uh, so to kind of dive in real quick, I want to, I'm going to preview a little bit of your story. So you grew up in a, in a broken household. Your father struggled with alcohol. Your mom struggled with some mental health. Uh, you and your brother both then lived with your grandmother for a number of years until she passed when you were about 11 years old. Then you worked a lot growing up, so you didn't have necessarily a traditional childhood that a lot of people might picture as a, as a traditional upbringing. And then there was a time also when your dad lost a business, he lost everything. And one of the things that I heard you say is you vividly remember your dad saying to you that us Scoggins, like our family, we don't get ahead, we just get by. And that programmed you with a limiting belief very early on um, in your childhood. And I know that all of us are provided with limiting beliefs to a certain extent, but that one is very apparent. And I feel like it's very influential at that time of your life. And a lot of people listening to this have limiting beliefs of, I don't have time to do this, or I'm always going to look a certain way. I'm always going to feel a certain way, or I'm always going to make a certain amount of money. And so kind of my question for you, the lead into is when did you start to kind of like develop the identity of someone who will get ahead, who doesn't just get by, but who does get ahead and is worthy of actually like making more money? Yeah, it's crazy. You know, we, we went back and did like a, a one of those ancestry DNA searches. And in over 400 years, that limiting belief had permeated through my entire lineage, 400 years. And I remember this, I was probably 13 or 14 years old. I didn't, I don't know why I did this, but I went out to a park in the local trailer park we were in, looked up under the stars and um, said, God, if you're real, let me be the one to break the family curse. And I had no idea what I was asking for, um, but probably a good three or four years later, um, I met my dad's employer um, who became my very first mentor. And he pulled me to the side one afternoon. 
in his Jeep Grand Cherokee and, and asked me a question. He said, uh, what is the difference between a rich man and a poor man? And being from somebody with very um, poverty lack kind of mindset, uh, the simple answer was very simple. It was like, well, duh, it's money. It has to be money. Of course, it's money. You know, rich people have money, poor people don't, you know, kind of thing. And I remember, I remember like it was yesterday, he, he basically snapped at me. He said, absolutely not. I'm like, okay. He said, it's the way they think. Do you want to learn to think like me or do you want to continue thinking like your father? And that conversation was the, was the first step in a major awakening that, you know, it's been a 30 year journey at this stage in the game. But what he was saying was, is it caused me to reflect really quickly on who he was and who my father was. And my father wasn't bad or evil or nothing like that. He just, you know, he didn't, he didn't learn the principles. I've always said that principles govern promises. Like if you want to have a promise of in your life, you want to have passion and 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 help and 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 kind of live fulfilled and uh, live in a meaningful way, then you're going to have to follow specific principles to get there, you know. And one of the principles in getting there is finally discovering your value, but making sure your value is not tied to any place or thing or person. So I call it not, not tying your value to any of the nouns of life. Right. No person, places or things. They just, you have to find your value from inside out. And, and that started the journey. And then, you know, I was very fortunate. He, he you know, this, this guy put me in a business for myself at a very early age. And um, I learned the other half, if you will, of uh, stardom, which is make a bunch of money, not know what to do with it, blow a bunch of money, get involved in stuff you shouldn't get involved with. Mine was specifically girls. And um, the next thing you know, I was uh, depressed, seriously depressed, and walked away from that opportunity. And a year later, I was found myself uh, trying to find a place to get shelter and eat. And you know, and then, gosh, it was probably a few months later that after that, that I I walked into a gym of all places. Um, that was the only thing that I had a running membership on. Um, they had yet to cancel my you know cancel my membership, even though I hadn't paid them in probably two or three months. And I had this moment in one of the internal one of the you know the the bathrooms there. I looked at myself like, dude, what the hell are you doing? Like you had this amazing mentor over here who's done nothing but pour into you and, and kind of help. And then, you know, along that way, I found my, I found my faith. And at the end of the day, I think your, your total transformation comes with your ability to be truly transparent with yourself and not from a, not from a place of condemnation or judgment or shame or blame, but like looking at yourself, if you will, like you're watching a movie as the, as the director and not a character in the movie. You know, because as the director of the movie, you can see yourself completely objectively and then begin to make the shifts that you need to make in terms of, you know, developing yourself to a higher level of standard. Jeez, that's that's awesome. I think that's that's so good. There's so many different things I want to go back and dissect a little bit. You know, you said principles govern promises. Discovering your value is really important and discovering that it's not tied to the nouns of life but it's discovered from the inside out. I want you to see, see if you can dive a little bit deeper in the sense of like, how does somebody, you know, you said looking at yourself from kind of that third party perspective. If it's your, if you're in a movie, look at it as the director's point of view rather than the character's point of view. How do we start to, how do we start to derive what our value is from the inside out? Yeah. Well, first of all, most, all right, so over 70% of the population would, would today, uh, the last Harris poll they did was probably two years ago, would say that they live an unfulfilled life. 70% of the U.S. population, 70%. That's like almost 300 million people, okay? The number one reason that so, most, so many people feel unfulfilled is because they're living someone else's life. 
they're in the job that, that someone told them they should do. They went to college or something that someone else told them they should do. Um, they're, they're not paying any attention to their natural gifts, uh, gifts and strengths and, and talents. Um, they're not paying any attention to what um, lights them up on a regular basis. Like when you were here at Amberley's event, dude, you, you, you were lit up by making people feel better by fitness and movement and health. And, you know, it's, you can, it just, it lights you up. But if I put you behind a desk all day long in an accountant's office, you probably won't be as lit up, you know, yeah, yeah. instead you're going to be stuck and frustrated and maybe even isolated, you know, wanting more, but never choosing to take action on gaining more. And the only way you can truly gain more is by gaining awareness of who you are from the inside out. You know, so one of the things that we'll do a lot of times is I'll pull somebody to the side and be like, what do you love to do? I mean, what lights you up? The last time you were lit up and you were excited and happy and, and passionate, what were you doing? And, and, it, and some people say, well, I was, I was painting. Okay. Well, that's a clue. That's a, that's a clue. Okay, cool. Or I was building a spreadsheet. God love you. Okay, great. But okay. That's, that's a clue. Right. And you start backing your way into the life that you were meant to live or the person that you actually are by actually looking at yourself objectively for your gifts and your talents and your strengths over like you, the first focus, the first level of priority is there rather than all the crap you've done wrong or got wrong. OK, most of us will spend far too much time focused on the stuff that we need to improve upon that we didn't do right. And, and, and we'll just beat ourselves up routinely which prevents us directly from focusing on this is what we really do well. This is what comes natural. This is what my, your friends and your family would say, I wish I could do that like you, mm -hmm. right? That I wish I could do that like you is an indicator of something that you should be doing because it's, it comes so natural. You're not even thinking about it. I would just, I mentioned before we hopped on that, you know, one of the things that's made me smile today is I'm, I'm helping a, a really powerful friend, get further in their business because their back end of their stuff was broken. And I was like, look, I can, I can, and my brain's always, you know, connecting dots. Doo -doo 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 -doo. Like, and I literally, you know, here's your strategy. They're like, how the heck did you do that? Right. I, I don't know. I just, it come, it's something that comes natural, right? Maybe it's years of being business. Maybe it's having to figure stuff out with dyslexia or, or get super creative. But the moral of the story is until you get more aware of what's inside of you, you will never be able to act on the opportunities in front of you. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. go inside without judgment, without shame, without condemnation, assess your gifts and your talents, and then say, okay, how can I leverage these gifts and talents and strengths in such a way that compounds in such a way that would provide the ultimate income, the ultimate meaning, right? I had a, a great friend on the, the podcast yesterday. He's a big minimalist, but he's traveling around the world and, you know, and, and spending a lot of time training people on, on, on the healthy and the correct way to meditate. You know, you know, stuff doesn't mean anything to him, you know, cool, you know, but at least he's aware of it. He knows it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So when it comes down to breaking those things down until you get aware of those things, it's going to be really hard to define how they actually tie into a future promise, which then ties into the principle you should use to obtain the promise. Yeah, I, I love that. I, I think to try to like go back and summarize the importance of this conversation, you know, you started off this answering this question from the standpoint of 70% of people are unfulfilled and they're unfulfilled because they're not necessarily living the life that they were meant to live. And when in order to figure out to how to live the life that you were meant to live, you have to have a self awareness and you have to like gain clarity. I like I like to use the word clarity a lot of like gain clarity of like who are you supposed to become? Like what are you supposed to do? And then in order to gain clarity, you have to take 
hints from like almost your own emotions to a certain extent. Like when are you lit up? When are you excited? What comes easy and more natural to you? And also hear from other people when other people are providing you with that feedback as well. And then when you get that feedback and when you feel those emotions, like entertain that thing a little bit more and, and try it a little bit more and ask yourself questions as like, why does that light me up? Because if painting lights me up, well, maybe that doesn't mean you need to go be a painter, but maybe it's like, okay, maybe like creating something that is beautiful and and that could look a lot of look like a lot of different things and so it's like try different things seek out the emotion and then ask why you're having that emotion and then I loved the until you gain awareness of what's inside of you you're never going to be able to take advantage of the opportunities in front of you like I think that is so freaking good so it's like if somebody hears that do you think the action is like continue to if you're not doing anything right now that lights you up at all, like try to start doing things and experiment with things as to what does light you up. Like what are the, what do you feel like the action takeaways are if somebody's like, I'm not doing things that light me up right now or like very little is super exciting to me right now. What, how do I take this information and run with it? So step one is it's a magical process. It's super duper hard for everybody. It's grab a pen and grab a piece of paper and start jotting down the things that you enjoy. Start jotting down the moments that you enjoyed. Um, start, start jotting down um, where you would like to see yourself in three to five years. Like we have, we have, for some reason, we have given up on the concept to give ourselves the, the ability to have imagination and dream. Hmm. Every single monumental thing that ever happened in the world came from someone's mind first. Okay. So if you're, if you're not willing to sit and as soon as we're done with the show, I'm actually going to be sitting for a, for a couple hours and doing what I'm calling, it's, it's kind of inner work. It's the same thing. It's a pad and a pen and asking questions and you're know, meditating and praying and like, okay, well, it's like, I need to see what shakes out. Right. So if you're unwilling to go inside and be alone with yourself, that is an indicator of itself that there's something inside of you that needs to be worked on. You see what I'm saying? So I always say a pen and a paper is your best friend. Get your pen and a paper. And then, you know, I call it a replenishment, a re replenishment process. A replenishment process is where you go, what you do, and who you're with. Okay. And sometimes where you go might be the mountains. What you do might be a notepad and a pen. Who you're with might be alone or with somebody that you closely love, or maybe it's the movie. Go to somewhere where it automatically puts your mentality, your mental state into a state of reflection, right? We, we go to, anytime we go into a state of reflection, we also single-handedly go into a state of replenishment, okay? Reflection is always a precursing indicator into a replenishment cycle. Mm. That is where clarity comes. That is where, um, what's the best word to describe it? It's not just clarity. It's also where um, your next level of commitment comes. It's where your uh, curiosity is born, Right. And in order to have a dream, you have to be curious about what is possible. And most of us will put limitations on what we think is possible rather than just letting us dream about what is possible. And you, and then all you do is you write all that, you write all that stuff out. You just free flow, free flow, right? People, places, things, experiences. Uh, one of the things I want to do, I want to go this place. I want this, what, your bucket list, like blow up a notepad, right? And then grab a highlighter. After the fact, let, let a day or so go by, go back into a state of reflection, grab a highlighter and an ink pen and start connecting the dots. Just like you were a kid, you know, la, 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 connect the dots, la, la, la. That's all you're doing. 
And out of that connecting of the dots, you're going to come up with more clarity and clarity is going to be the precursor into the next step you take in your evolution. Yeah, I think that's so good. I think that's almost a, a habit that I feel like I should be more intentional with putting into like my weekly routine is like spend an hour a week or, you know, four 15 minute periods, Ohio, however you want to break it up yourself to spend take time on pen and paper and ask yourself these sorts of questions. And then to add a couple of things to kind of wrap up, I think this clarity type conversation is, I know for me, it's one of the, one of the, the realizations that sometimes bring me clarity is when I see somebody doing something and I think in my head, not necessarily in an arrogant way, it's probably going to sound somewhat arrogant, but when I see someone doing something and be like, I think I could do that better thinking like, to me, for whatever reason, when I've seen a couple of people do certain things and I think I can do that better, that is almost an awareness of like, okay, maybe I should be doing that if I'm not already. Um, and then like you said, curiosity is really important. Like ask yourself, where are you curious right now? Like for me, I love looking up uh, nutritional education videos. I love looking up like fitness stuff. And so that's showing me that- And I, I love letting you learn all that stuff. And then I come up and you just give me the summary. I love all that. Right. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. But um, th this is, this has been great. I think this is awesome. The way I want to kind of transition this is kind of the idea of playing small and, and thinking small, because I know that I fall into this trap all the time of thinking small and playing small. And sometimes I'll look at somebody like you, or I'll look at somebody who has made tons and tons of money. And I'm like, how the hell is making that much money even possible? Like I, I just am can't even fathom or wrap my head around the levels of wealth that certain people have. And I know like deep down, or maybe I don't know deep down, but I, I would like to believe that like, I think I can do that myself, but I just don't even see how it's even possible. So like, how do I, how do I and those listening, if they've had that of like, how does anybody make that much money or is how, how, how does anybody reach that level of success? How does that even possible? How do I break out of that limiting mindset? Well, the first thing you have to do is understand, like, see, there's a lot of talk historically about manifestation, right? I'm going to manifest this airplane out of thin air, out of my mind. It's going to, if I just think about it hard enough, it's going to show up and manifest itself <clears throat> um, or the love of your life or whatever. There is a, there is a scientific proof that imagine yourself have already completing that thing and experiencing the completion of it does in fact uh, tend to bring it into your life. However, true manifestation is really only two things, faith and focus and alignment. That's all manifestation is what you're focused on and the faith that in what, and the faith in which you pursue it. Okay. Mm. So let's just say that, uh, before I, before the construction business became a sizable company, I wasn't focused on making 80 million or hundred million dollars a year. I wasn't focused on that. I was focused on how do I eat? Where's my shelter? Okay. Okay. I got that. I got my, I got that done. Okay. Well, how do I make enough money to have a little extra? Okay. Well, I got that done. Okay. Well, how do I make enough money to have a little extra and actually have some fun? Okay. I got that done. Well, how do I make enough money to make a, to have a little extra, have some fun and give back to humanity? Okay. Well now I'm really, like you see what I'm saying? It's a, it's a, it's a stair step process of continual development on a regular basis. Your mind is going to shift or your expectations of what's achievable will ex will shift as you achieve various levels of, of quote unquote success. Now, I'll also tell you that 
even people like myself and other people that have generated a lot of different types of revenue and, and over the course of a business career, it doesn't necessarily mean we're happy. Yeah. Right. And I say all that to say, because there's an aware, there's a, there's a piece of misinformation that one day when I will be if. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and the reality is, is there's no such thing. I've, 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 I've had somebody sit down before and I'm like, well, they're like, well, one day when, well, when is one day? Because last year you told me you needed to achieve this goal before you ever feel like you're going to be happy and fulfilled. And now you're telling me you moved, you moved the goalpost and you're still not as happy and fulfilled. So clearly that's not it. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. I say all that to say that when it comes down to it, if you understand that faith, okay, faith is a core piece and focus is a core piece. If you have faith and alignment with focus, you end up with flow. If you end up with flow, you end up with results. And those results will give you the confidence to build on the next level result, the next level result, and the next level result. The other thing that comes to the top of mind is what I refer to is it's an eight-figure mindset principle, okay? Um, an eight-figure mindset principle says this, for every dollar I invest, I expect a minimum of three in return. Mm. All right, so I'll give you an example. I had a, uh, a good friend of mine uh, chatting with them uh, yesterday, and they had a massive opportunity to go do something really fun, really cool. Um, in theory, it could raise their credibility stakes in the, in the public eye because of the, the, the tribe that they'd be associating themselves with and whatnot. And their question was, is do I invest in this or do I invest in this? And same dollars, right? So we'll, we'll say, we'll just for the sake of argument, we'll call it $5 for fun, okay? Five, you have $5 to your name. This over here is going to be an experience. So you're going you're gonna to invest the money in an experience where over here, you're going to invest the money in an infrastructure. Okay. Which one is going to have the greatest ROI? The infrastructure is going to have the greatest ROI because it's going to allow you to compound your time, your talent, your resources. You see what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. at certain times, a lot of folks get lost in not getting further ahead than they could simply because they're focused on the wrong thing. They're focused on the experience. When I first built this, this construction business, that I, one of the, which is one of the businesses I own, um, I went Zero, like literally for five straight years, not a single day off, not a holiday, not a weekend. I, I had no dating life whatsoever. Or if it was, it was like in passing, right? And that's what it took to get the foundation in such a way that the next five years, I was able to live off the, the previous five years, right? I'm able to hang out with you right now because there's a business that's running based on work that I had already done. It's the process of compounding. Most people aren't doing that. Most people aren't thinking about scaling. They're thinking about getting the next sale or getting the next uh, client or whatever. They're not thinking about, okay, well, now that I get that client, how can I turn that client from one into three? Like mm. what needs to happen inside of the change of this client to get the, for them to say and bring customers. You see what I'm saying? Like it's a, it's a compounding effect. When you understand that compounding is the key, all of a sudden you start looking at your time and your talent and your resources. You start saying, how can I turn one into three? And if you use that one methodology, turning one into three on a consistent basis for 12 months straight, you're going to be a lot further ahead than you were the prior 10, the prior five years. Yeah. Right. But you've got to focus in that way. Yeah. I love that. I think that that's so applicable to so many different things, right? It's like, how can I use this next hour to buy me three hours? How can I, mean, I it's a have one client turn into three clients? Yeah. I guess that's what a principle is, right? Like it applies across, across mediums. That's, that's so good. We're going to take a brief pause in this episode to tell you about our brand new, never seen before, best in class virtual 10 week transformation experience. You can check it out today by going to nickcarrier.com.
www.thinkbigbusiness.com. Now look, if you're somebody who needs accountability to execute on a consistent basis with eating healthy and exercise, this virtual 10WT experience is for you. If you're somebody who is upset with themselves when they look at themselves in the mirror, not just physically, but also emotionally and mentally, then the 10-week transformation is for you. If you're somebody who kind of knows what to do, but you struggle to actually do it, the 10-week transformation is for you. If you're somebody who loves community and loves support and loves being held accountable, the 10-week transformation is for you. With the 10WT, we teach people how to form the healthy habits that will transform their body and their life. And now we have a brand new, robust version of the program that can be completed from your home, your gym, or your anywhere. I mean, whether you live in Nashville or San Francisco, Atlanta or New York City, Houston or Denver, LA or Chicago, Sydney, Australia, or Toronto, Canada. You can even complete this thing in your hotel room. Our brand new virtual 10WT experience is like nothing you've ever seen before. We've had 453 people and counting who have skyrocketed their self-confidence by losing fat, building muscle, and building habits that they now have ingrained in their lifestyles by completing the 10WT. And it can do the same for you. Starting August 7th, we're going to be coaching a group of 30 go-getters through their first ever 10WT experience, and you have the opportunity to be one of the first. But there are limited spots available. Like I said, there are 30 spots, and they're going to go fast. So sign up by Tuesday, August 1st to secure your spot by going to nickcarrier.com. Again, by August 1st, go to nickcarrier.com. Again, if you need a greater level of accountability, the 10WT is for you. If you need help staying consistent with your workouts and eating habits, the 10WT is for you. If you want to form healthy habits going into holiday season, the 10WT is for you. Remember, sign up by August 1st to secure your spot. There are only 30 available by going to nickcarrier.com. When you join, I promise you, be prepared to show the world the healthiest, most confident, and best version of you. Go to nickcarrier.com to sign up today. You talked about before how you saw a lot of business success maybe before you were ready and you had a lot of money and you maybe didn't use it wisely. What do you think you could have done differently so that when you reached that level of success, you would have been prepared for it? That is a great question. And I, and I said it's a great question for two reasons. Uh, I'm going to hit it from two, I'm gonna hit it from two angles. Um, the first thing I'm going to hit it from is you were in some respects, destined to go through certain cycles of challenges to develop you and your soul, okay? Um, whether you're, you're a God, God person, a universe person, whatever, doesn't matter. The, the, the reality is, is there are certain things you need to go through to develop you, okay? <clears throat> Flip side of that is, um, the number one thing I could have done differently was actually listen and apply what my mentors were saying, <clears throat> right? The advice that was being given to me was coming was not really going in one ear out the other, but what it was doing is it wasn't resonating with my soul because I thought I knew I got this, I got I'll take care of it, it'll work out, I got it, right? And the reality is is that's not the case. That you have mentors for a reason, and the mentors will stop mentoring you if they find out you're not behaving with the mentorship you've been given. Yeah. Well, what, what were some of those things that they said that you should be doing that you were letting go kind of in one ear out the other? Lack of application, spending less than I make is a big one. Um, being very careful with the relationship circles that I put myself in, um, not being driven by insecurity, mm -hmm. right? All of these are just super easy ones to focus on and develop. And if you focus on them, you can, again, most of us live our life based on insecurity, which is another form of fear. Somehow we're not enough, 
right? So getting to the place where you're, again, your emotional identity is more tied to your aspirations rather than who you, who you currently are, right? So your mentors are going to be, are going to give you the insights that you need in that moment. And once that moment's done, you're going to have, you may have a new mentor steps into place or you may get another insight from another mentor, but the power of listening to those who are deciding, wait, wasting, investing, however you want to do it, their own time in you, right? They have, they have hand selected you to invest time, energy, and resource into you because they believe in you, even if you don't believe in yourself, right? So if you can learn to move away from not believing in yourself, then you'll, then you won't make a lot of immature and insecure decisions. Okay. If you don't do that, then you'll make a lot of immature and and decisions and you'll have to live with the consequences of those different decisions. Okay. The reality is, is you learn from two things in life. There's only two ways you learn by the experiences of other people or by the experiences of yourself. Historically, experiences of yourself are historically more painful than learning the lessons from experiences of other people. So at any point in time, we get to choose how much pain we go through. Mm. Mm. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Experiences from yourself sometimes can be the most emotionally jerking that really settle in and, and uh, cause you to make the the changes that you might need to might need to make. But like you said, I mean, a few of those things, just to reiterate and restress them if they apply to those of you listening, like spending less than you than you make, being aware of the social circles that you surround yourself with and not, uh, the third one was not being driven by insecurity. Those are, those are huge things that I know apply probably to so many of the listeners out there as well. Uh, I want to make sure I, I touch on this thing. I think I'm right in stating that this is something that happened to you. Did you have a time where you had a business partner or partners who stole a lot of money from? Well, we, we have to publicly say allegedly. Okay. But I can tell you that I'm, I was missing $1.7 million okay. <laughs> okay. in the course of two, two and a half years. Yeah, it was a, um, uh, allegedly these folks uh, were my executive managers and leaders at my company. And when I started this, this thought leadership stuff back in 2014, um, I began trusting them ever so much more with uh, business and, and, you know, different choices and whatever, right? Thinking I had, okay, the business is running itself. Um, my responsibility is, and I would say this to anybody who's starting a business or operating a business or scaling a business is, uh, you have to inspect what you expect. Otherwise you're going to get burned. Mm -hmm. So, um, while they made bad decisions that probably should have landed them in prison, um, the reality is I'm the one that allowed that behavior to continue because I wasn't paying attention. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, it also is another indicator of be very super selective of who you allow in your inner circle. Uh, I have this thing, this, this, uh, mentality, I call it the hedge of protection. So it's a, it's a giant bullseye and it's a, the inner ring is people that you allow inner, like there are certain people that I'll like, it's super close to me. The next ring out is I'll, we'll call them friends. Like it's, you know, I would say that our entire green room at Amberly's event probably is in that circle. Right. We all, we know each other well enough to hang and kind of chill. And we'll, we, you know, if we, if we say, Hey, come on my podcast, we'd all do that. Or come to my event. We'd all do that. Right. Um, but it may not be the person I, I pick up the phone at 2 a.m. and say, hey, I'm in trouble. Can you help? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The next one is going to be a, a true friendship ring. And the next one outside of that is going to be acquaintances, right? And then you start getting into, dis- to, into dysfunction and then to downright toxic, okay? I say that all because by understanding that ring, at any moment in time, the ring is not static, okay? 
So it's all based on trust and admiration and respect. Okay. So someone can be in my inner circle, as in this case that we just got through kind of mentioning a little bit, and then give me the behaviors that say that they need to be pushed further out of the circle. Or I might have people on the outer circle, like you and I, like we'll, we'll continue to get closer. You see what I'm saying? Most people think all of their relationships are stagnant. stagnant. Mm. Okay. So once a friend, always a friend, right? You were, you were at my, my bachelor party, or my bachelorette party or whatever. And well, you were, you know, and the reality is that's not the case. Life will dictate you to you, whether or not these are people for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And in this is, in this, the reason I'm going through all of that is because in this particular case, I confuse people that were there for a reason with people that, that I thought were going to be there for a lifetime. Okay. So I'm, what I'm trying to encourage your audience to do is not to wrap themselves into whether or not the person is a reason, a season, or a lifetime to just accept what is. And if they give you indicators saying that you should not continue to develop or invest and da da da, then begin to push those people further out in your circle. And then that's how you avoid um, cat, what I'm calling catastrophic learning lessons, mm. right? That was an incredibly painful time for my family and I. Um, my son grew literally six inches from the last time I saw him to the next time I saw him because I was traveling so much, putting things back together, right? Holy crap. So as a result, you got to make sure that the people that are there for you are actually there for you and you're not being manipulated by narcissism or any number of tricks and trades, which takes time. You have to actually pay attention to the behaviors, meaning you can't just say, well, they only stole once. They're fine. No, they're a thief. They stole. Get them. Go. Shoe fly. You see what I'm saying? That kind of thing. Yeah. That's good. I think always being aware of relationships. And I think what you said is super important of like not all relationships or a lot of relationships or most relationships are not static. They're not going to always stay in that same ring. Like maybe certain family members and such were always going to stay in a certain ring to a certain extent. But there's going to be people, like you said, I love a reason, a season um, or a lifetime. Like that was great. That was so great. Um, and a good let me, call let me to touch on the family real fast. All right. Can I touch on the yeah, family for a second? Um, my biggest struggle points were family. Mm -hmm. Okay. The moment I started becoming increasingly more successful, all of a sudden I had, all of a sudden I had people that were like, Hey, you know, family helps family, right? Like, mm. yeah, I'm going to help you by not giving you money to make sure that you can actually understand, but I'll train you how to use it. How about that? Well, you know, that's not family helps family. I need to borrow a hundred dollars. No. What do you, what do you mean? No. Um, I know how hard I've worked to earn it. I know if I give it to you, you're going to get rid of it. You're not going to use it to invest. In other words, there are certain people that if you help out, you like if you help them, first of all, you forget about it. You don't do loans. Okay. The second thing is, is like when you do that, right, you need to be prepared to say no. No is a complete sentence. No. Well, why? No. Right. It's, it's literally, and I, and I say that because some of the most, and I hate to say this in this way, but it's true. Some of the most toxic people you will ever meet in your entire life are those that you grew up with. Mm -hmm. Right? To me, they're to me, they're I can love them, but that doesn't mean they get to become in my inner circle. Right? That's right. Because really they have the same last name, doesn't matter. Yeah. No, that's a really important distinction. Like you can love somebody, but you can tell them no plenty of times. And if you do it in a way and communicate in a way, then then hopefully if that person truly loves you back, then the relationship isn't going to be damaged um, to a severe extent because of that. I think I'm really glad that you paused and, and touched on that as well. Uh, to kind of, before we wrap up real quick, if you were to go back 
and speak to the Steven Scoggins that you were in the early 20 in your early 20s. Obviously like you said, you think that to become who you are, you're meant to go through certain trials and challenges to become who you are and learn the things that you need to learn, but if you were in your early 20s, what would some of the lessons be that you learned if you were mentoring yourself, like you said, you'd let some of the things go in one ear, out the other from your mentor. If you were mentoring yourself now, what are some of the things that you would say, like maybe three things that you would say to your former self? Uh, I may hit myself with a two by four, honestly. I'm pretty stubborn. No, in all seriousness, you know, this has been said a, a thousand different ways now. It's become, it's, it went from being an, un, an unknown statement that I, that myself or Rory Vaden started a number of years ago to, to all kinds of different versions of it. But the greatest purpose in life you'll ever have is serving the person you used to be, okay? Mm -hmm. Because you're uniquely qualified to do that because of empathy, compassion, and understanding, okay? I say all that to say that Stephen Scoggins now has been 15 different versions of Stephen Scoggins then. So the Stephen Scoggins then would get different pieces of insight and information based on the stage of the journey that they're in. So for example, when my, when my grandmother passed away and I had to decide between my father and my mother, the advice would have been more along the lines of be still and like think, like be still, be patient. Like don't just rush into a decision, okay? Uh, whereas the Stephen uh, that was sitting there with uh, my old, my first mentor, Steve Myrick in the, tr in the truck and, you know, about to go, you know, I'm about to go belly up because I'm not taking good care of him and I've got all this other personal stuff in there. Like to him, I would have say, dude, give it 24 months of absolute commitment and absolute inner work, and then put yourself out there for relationships and stuff like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> All the way fast forward to the Steven that went through the embezzlement. It would have been pay attention to the behaviors, not what people say. <clears throat> you see what I'm saying? So the advice would be a little bit different at each stage in the game. Um, but one of the things that holds true, I think for all of them is the ultimate life revealed is nothing more than creating a legacy that outlives you. Okay. You create a legacy that outlives you by playing such an active role and being the best version of yourself that you radiate light to so many people that they have no choice but to be changed by your presence on the earth. So I'll give you an example. This guy, Steve Mark. Okay. He passed away in 2003, long before my, any of the businesses had ever been super uber successful or whatever, long before that happened. Okay. I talk about him all the time on shows. I talk about him on stages. I talk about him when I travel to and from different places. And I do it because the man changed my life. He held on to a, he held on to a belief that I could be more than I was allowing myself to be. And he taught me the greatest principle I think there, there could ever be. You are where you are today because it's all you've allowed yourself to be. So why not allow yourself to be more? You see what I'm wow. saying? That is the, that is the journey. At the end of the day, is you're worth it. You should act like you're worth it. And you should start dreaming like a life of you start you should start dreaming of the life that you would ultimately feel meaning and fulfilled. Yeah. Wow. That's so good. I, I love how the you went back to the different stages and picked out kind of the experiences and the learning moments from the different stages and then wrapped it up with with that with that Stephen that quote from uh from Stephen from Steve Myrick, I can think of his name, right? Make sure I honor him 20 years, 20 years after his passing. That's awesome that you still speak about him in the way that you do. Well, before I ask the last question here, Stephen, I just want to acknowledge you for all the transformation that you've 
undergone yourself from being the person who was homeless to being the person who lived with their grandmother who then passed away at 11 who didn't have the normal upbringing or maybe an ideal upbringing if you will but you've left let it morph you into the person that you are today and you've let every single challenge and trial morph you into the person that you are meant to become and, and the person that you are today and I know that you'll continue to do that moving forward uh in the years to come thanks dude i appreciate it man i've uh... It was, it's, it's, uh, at times been a very difficult journey, but it's always been a very rewarding one. Mm, yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, I know you guys are going to want to go learn more about him. So you can go to his website at stevenscoggins.com. You can follow him on Instagram at Steven underscore Scoggins, and then we'll have all his other social media handles and the show notes as well. He also has a, po- a podcast called the unstoppable show. So you make sure you go listen to that as well. Uh, is there any other good place that people should go learn more about you and support you? Brother, you, you covered it all. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. All right, Stephen. Well, last question here is I think that in order to get closer to the best version version of yourself, I think it's a constant journey and a unique journey. I don't think that we ever actually get to the best version of ourselves. And I think that the way that I'm going to get to my best self is going to be a little bit different than the way that you get closer to your best self. So this last question is for you personally. If there are three things that you could currently do or three things that you could currently work on to get closer to the best version of Stephen, Stephen Scoggins that you could possibly be, then what are those three things that you could currently do or currently work on? Step one, continue to uproot negative programming. Okay. So whatever that, whatever that shakes out to, for me, it's, uh, it's getting used to being okay with, uh, stewarding wealth. Mm. Okay. You'd be surprised that when you grow up without wealth and then you manage to create wealth, how uncomfortable it is to steward wealth. Mm. Okay. So that's probably number one. Uh, number two is going to be how to be very, very selective with my close relationships, especially like romantic ones or whatever. Um, because those, that, that key relationship, um, changes you for the good or for the, for the, or for the good or for the bad. Okay. Uh, the third one is, is to be more conscientious, um, about the types of people that I actually pour into. Okay. Mm -hmm. I have, um, given lots of teachings and advice to other people that they do nothing with and they come back and say, Hey, what's the next thing? It's like, you didn't do the first thing. Meanwhile, I've had people that come here, not only do the first thing, but they do three other things behind it. I'm like, now what? I'm like, I, I want to work with you. I like you. You see what yeah. I'm saying? So being able to delineate between those three, the quickest, I think will be the, the three pillars because out of that, it comes a life flow that ends up flowing back into me that allows me to continue to pour out again and again. So I think those are probably the three things that I'm currently still working on. And uh, yeah, it's a growth thing, right? You're, you're going to be making the incremental progress. I'd say, what, what do they call it? Kaizen. Um, uh-huh. Make sure you're getting incremental progress day after day after day, and you have no choice but to win. Wow. Those are three great things. And you can tell that you have very intentionally thought about this stuff in the past, uh, maybe a time or two. So appreciate you you joining today. You guys, you learned a lot about identity transformation and how to, like you said, uproot negative programming. You learned about how to think bigger and how to play bigger and how that uh, the eight-figure mindset of turn one into three and, and have the compounding and so many great things here. So make sure you go follow Steven, listen to his podcast, The Unstoppable Show. And I can't wait to watch you guys actually implement this stuff and not just let it go one in in one ear and out the other. But that's all we got today, Stephen. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. That was an awesome show with Stephen. Be sure to go follow him on Instagram at Stephen underscore Scoggins. And if you'd like to try out the one-week free trial of the virtual 10-week transformation, then go to nickcarrier.com slash free trial. 
And remember that the difference between a rich man and a poor man is not money, it's their mindset. The difference is taking advice and experience from people who've been there before and actually applying it rather than letting it go in one ear and out the other. And in order to consistently become a new version of yourself, an upgraded version of yourself, you have to continue to uproot negative programming. If you can do these things, you'll continue on the path closer to your best you.